Hey, Victory Church family, I'm so excited that we could gather together uh, in trying times like this where we're not able to meet physically. I'm thankful for technology that we can gather uh, online and we can get together and look at the scriptures and look at the word together in these times and be encouraged by the Bible. As you see, we've got some of our family with us. And so you just kind of get to be here with us as we talk through the scriptures today. Um, I wanted to share with you guys a word that I feel like the Lord's put on my heart for this time and in this season. Um, the particular verses are going to be from Exodus chapter 32. So if you do, get your Bible. If you have to, pause me for a second. Go get your Bible so that you can open up to the book of Exodus chapter 32. And it's in the Old Testament. And what's happening is, let me give you a little bit of, of uh, context. Um, at this particular time, God has led the Israelites out of slavery. And they're moving on. And he leads them to Mount Sinai. And when they get to Mount Sinai, Moses goes a couple times up to the top of Mount Sinai and has interaction with God. And it's actually during that time where he's given the Ten Commandments from God. Um, but this particular time that we're going to read about, Moses goes up, but Moses stays up there for longer than they expected him to and certainly longer than he had before. And so what we're going to see is a little bit of panic starts to uh, ensue. So we're going to pick up chapter 32, verse 1. Uh, and again, Moses is at the top. So it says, when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, so it's taken him a while to come down from Mount Sinai, they gathered around Aaron and they say, hey, come make us gods who will go before us. And here's, my, here's a cool part. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. And so Aaron answers them, all right, take off the gold earrings that your wives and your sons and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all of the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron, and he took what they handed him, and they made it into an, or he made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with the tool. Then they said, "These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt." All right, I got a title for this message. So do me a favor, look at the person beside you. All right, at home, look at the person beside you. Get ready, grab them, get their attention, and tell them what do I do, what do, I do? When, the when the panic is greater, is greater than the pandemic. Than the pandemic. How many of you like scary movies? You guys like, you like scary movies? All right, you kind of, not really? I'm a big fan of scary movies, but let me kind of walk you through why. First of all, let me tell you, when I watch a scary movie, I feel like the, the fear from it comes in one of two ways, right? The first way is going to be from like pop-up scares. You know, you're kind of watching it and you, the music, it's all the music, right? It's all the music. Music gets ready and boom, and then it pops up scared. The other concept is uncertainty. Like we don't know if there's somebody in the house. We don't know if there's somebody behind the door. And so the uncertainty kind of creates a fear. But probably the reason why I like scary movies so much is because in every scary movie, when people start to have fear, they get stupid, right? Now, now let me explain this. I don't mean demonic movies, all right? I don't play with demonic movies. But when I say scary movies, I'm talking about like Jason, Halloween, Pumpkinhead, you know, stuff that like can't really happen. Um, but one of, the, one of my favorite things about it is when Jason starts chasing them or Michael Myers starts chasing them, all of a sudden they get scared stupid, right? They, they start doing things like they get in the car and the car's running, running fine, but they said they choose to get out of the car and run in the woods instead of getting in the car. Or like there's the cop and instead of going after the cop, they go hide in the barn with all the chainsaws or whatever it is, or they go into the house and they, you know, they scream out, you know, is anybody in here? Like they're always doing stupid stuff. It's, you know, they get scared into a place where they can't think straight. And as I'm watching our country, and as I'm watching certainly our community and just the world, here, here's what I feel like I'm seeing. I'm seeing, number one, a lot of uncertainty, right? That's, that's really where our fear is coming from. I don't know that we so much fear the virus 
as much as we fear uncertainty. Because like, for example, um, you know, how long is this going to last? We don't know. Um, am I gonna am I gonna lose hours at my job, or I'm gonna am I gonna lose my job? Are my kids gonna get sick? Are they gonna be out of school? If they're out of school, what I'm gonna do with them while they're out of school? And there's so much uncertainty going on that that's what's starting to create a fear in us. And I think in the process of trying to gather facts, what we've really done is we've collected fear. And it's important for us in the process of trying to be sensible that we don't just end up being scared. That's good. And so I was thinking through this, and I'm like, all right, well. Um, what, what is God really showing us in Exodus 32? Because you got all these people, right? The Israelites are gathered. They're with Moses. Moses had, has led them out of slavery, um, obviously being led by God, a pillar. Um, and they get to this mountain and Moses goes up. And then Moses doesn't come down like they expected. And so they start to have uncertainty. Where is Moses? Why isn't he down? Did he leave us? Did he abandon us? And you start to see all of this fear start to gather. And then they get really foolish. And they show us this. They show us that when we have uncertainty, it normally is going to equal um, um, uneasiness. So when we're uncertain, we start to act uneasy, right? So, so I'm going I'm to highlight it again real quick. So open up to 32.1. I'm going to show you the uncertainty, and then I'm going to show you the uneasiness. So watch this. So when the people saw that Moses was so long and coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. We don't know where he is. So that's, that's the uncertainty right off the bat. Boom, uncertainty. Now watch how the uncertainty turns to uneasiness. Because we don't know when he's coming down, hey, Aaron, do us a favor. Make us a different God. Make us something else that we can work. Give us something with certainty. We, we don't know where he is. And so we, there's an uncertain in what is God doing. So give us something that's certain. And so then Aaron says, give me your earring, give me your joy, takes it, puts it in a fire and creates this cow and they begin to worship the cow. So again, watch this. When it starts with uncertainty, uncertainty then moves into uneasiness. Uneasiness left alone will move into fear and fear left alone will move into foolishness. So we go from an uncertainty and we end up with foolishness. And so again, I had to study this. I'm like, why does this happen? Like what happens in our bodies? What happens in our mind when fear sets place? And I was reading this and it said that when, when we deal with fear, it goes, starts at the brain and it goes through the body. And they say we start to have an elevated heart rate and we start to have elevated uh, blood pressure and blood flow from our brain is now operating through our body and so we lose more blood flow in our brain and we start to do you know senseless things right we start to make decisions and do things that don't make sense we start to act stupid and it made me think about this story this moment in my life i was probably about i was probably about nine or ten years old my sister was probably 14 and we had a couple friends come over and spend the night and um, anybody my age, I'm 35, so anybody my age will be able to connect with this story. We were doing something, and, and this is not a biblical thing, so if, if your kids are watching, maybe cover their ears for a second. But we were doing this thing called Bloody Mary. Are y'all familiar with that, right? Um, or, or like Candyman or whatever. But the concept was, right, you go and you stand in front of a mirror and you say this name like five or six times or whatever. And then like it's supposed to show up. You think about it. It's so stupid. Right? Like, first of all, this individual is going to come through the bathroom mirror that we know it's just mirror and sheetrock. So, so the very fact that we're scared by it is foolishness. But we're young and we're dumb. And, and honestly, the lights are on, the door's open. Like, there's no reason we should be scared. But we're just trying to, to you know, have a good time and act stupid. So we're in the bathroom. We're doing the process. 
And I really think this was God's way of saying, I'm going to teach you a lesson. So, so we're, we're in there, we're doing the process. And I, I mean, the second we said the name, there was a shelf in my sister's bedroom closet that had, it had been you know, taking the weight for a long time and the screws were coming out. So the second we said the name, the shelf fell in her bedroom. Okay, so, so you gotta imagine, and this true story, I'm gonna make her tell you this true story. Um, we're in the bathroom, it happens, and then you hear like, boom, boom, boom. Now, I don't know if I've added this, it's two o'clock in the morning. My parents are asleep, the house is dark, it's quiet. We say it, shelf collapsed, doo -doo -doo. We get so scared. Okay, we live in an apartment complex. We get so scared, we run out of the apartment building, okay? There's an older couple in the apartment complex that are kind of like a grandma, grandpa figure, and they're you know a little ways away. We run through the apartment complex and we run to their front door, but we're smart enough to know that it's two o'clock in the morning, so you're not gonna knock on the door and wake up Mr. and Mrs. Griffin, was their name. I'm not gonna wake up Mr. and Mrs. Griffin. So we literally stand outside of their apartment complex at two in the morning and just as if, because we're so scared of what's happening in our house. So my parents are asleep in the house, right? <laughs> There's nothing in the house going, left the door wide open. Ran out, left the door wide open. So if there was a Michael Myers, he's now in the house, right? <laughs> um, left out, doors open, we're outside, it's two in the morning, we're four kids. If there's any troublemakers, we're easy targets. And it was just one of those moments where it's like, the fear that we had made us foolish, right? Like we got scared and we just got stupid. And, and I think what I'm seeing on Facebook a lot, especially from Christians, is that we are angry at the stupidity of people because they're so scared. And I think it's important for us to really realize that when, when there's real fear, you can expect real foolishness. And that's what's happening. And it happened to the Israelites in Exodus 32. I mean, why would you, why would you uh, trade God for a, for a cow unless you are in such uncertainty and fear that, again, your brain's not operating correctly and you start doing dumb. Listen, we are still dealing with the Israelites. We are still dealing today with what the Israelites were dealing with then, but watch this. Our cow is toilet paper. <laughs> Am I right? I mean, help me out, okay? Like, I mean, that's just what we're dealing with right now. Like, people are trading their faith for toilet paper because we're just, it's so much uncertainty and it's so much fear that we're running around foolish. And one of the words that I felt the Lord tell me is that it's my responsibility to uh, decide where I'm going to give my reverence. Okay, so reverence is worship. Reverence is attention. Reverence is respect and honor and authority. And it's my responsibility as a pastor, as a Christian, as a dad, as a husband, to pay a lot of attention to where, I, where, I'm, a, where I'm assigning my reverence. So if, if my honor and my authority is going to social media, then my fear will become foolishness, right? If my honor is going to the news, then my fear becomes foolishness. But if my reverence and my honor is going to God, then my response is a little bit different. You know what I mean? Um, it's funny. Actually, I want to read it real quick because it's probably one of my favorite verses in the Bible simply because it's so stupid. Okay. Um, so, so if you got your Bibles again, Exodus chapter 32, and we're going to look at verses 21 through 24. Now, I don't know if y'all have ever saw this in the Bible, but this is by far one of my favorite verses to read. Okay. So Moses is on Mount Sinai. Israelites led by Aaron are now worshiping a cow. Okay. Aaron says, give me your jewelry, takes it, puts it in the fire. Um, the Bible, this is important. Bible says he fastened, he had a fastened tool. He fastened it to look like a cow. So this is a lot of work. This is not like, you know, we went and bought a cow at the Dollar General. Like this is, or Hobby Lobby or 
Whole Foods or wherever you go. Um, like he, he, he took the, the metal and formed a cow, all right, right? Moses comes down from the mountain. This is all happening. God has says, you need to go down there. People are buying toilet paper from Publix. They're losing their mind. <laughs> and watch this. Verse 21, this is Moses talking. He said to Aaron, what did these people do to you that you led them into such great sin? How did they force you to make a cow? Did they like take your kids and put them at gunpoint? Did they put like a knife to your throat? Like what did they do to make you build a false God for them to worship? This is fantastic. To which Aaron replies, do not be angry, my Lord. Aaron answered, you know how prone these people are to evil, right? These bad people. Watch this. They said to me, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses, who's brought us out of Egypt, we don't even know what's happened to him. Uncertainty. My favorite part. So I told them, whoever, this is Aaron talking. I told them, whoever has any gold jewelry, take it off. Then they gave me the gold. Here it is. I threw it into the fire and out came this calf. Is that not the dumbest thing you've ever heard in your life? Like, like I took their jewelry, I put it into the fire, and then poof, it just, it just automatically became a cow. Even though we just read in scripture that he spent multiple, you know, he spent a long time forming it to be a cow. He's telling Moses, I just put it in there and, and poof, out there it was, right? Watch this. Aaron not taking responsibility for the cow is the same thing as us not taking responsibility for current concern. We can't. This can't be a time where, where we are um, not monitoring well the spirit we're carrying into atmospheres. We might not be buying toilet paper, but are we participating in gossip in the break room? You know what I mean? When, when, when people are talking about uncertainty, are we gathering with the conversation knowing that we are not certain on what's going to happen, therefore spreading more and more fear? See what I'm saying? Like, to me, that's, that's what Aaron was doing. Aaron's like, I don't know. Like, this just happened. Right. And, and, and as Christians, more than, than anybody, we can't sit back and be like, I don't know why they're freaking out. When in reality, we're not doing anything to be able to help the situation. I was telling somebody this the other day in the gym, and, and I, I want us to hear it, and I want you to hear it. What's happening right now in our country and in our states and in our community is fear driven by uncertainty. We've talked about this. They are looking to anybody for hope. Anybody, right? We're, 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 we're refreshing Instagram, social media. We're watching news. We're, we're talking to people in the street. Like anything we can do to find some kind of hope. They have been told their entire lives that Christians are the ones with the hope. So if they look to Christians and Christians are panicking the same way that they're panicking, where do they look for hope? If not the Christians, then who? So it's really important for us in this season to step up, to be the salt, to be the light, to be the, 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 the verse says in Matthew, to be like a city hidden on a hill, right? In other words, to be somebody who's standing there saying, hey, I'm not so much going to pretend like I don't have responsibility here. Like I could, I could be the reason people are buying toilet paper right now, right? If I'm not saying the right things in circles, if I'm not saying the right thing uh, at a lunch meeting or in the gym or in the school or at my job, if I'm not bringing hope, if I'm not pointing people to God and to the scriptures, all I'm doing is putting fuel on the fire to go buy more toilet paper, right? So it's important to me, I can't just push that responsibility aside because now I understand, hey, uncertainty equals uneasiness. So if I understand that, and I'm not getting mad at people for freaking out, I'm really coming to a point where I say, okay, listen, 
All of this right now is happening because of uncertainty. All of the uneasiness, not because of fear that, that I'm gonna die from the disease. We, we've, seen, we've seen that a lot of the uh, symptoms, people are recovering from it. The fear is not out of the death, the fear is out of the uncertainty of what will continue to happen. So if we know that, there's only uh, one source that we have that has certainty, and that's the scriptures, right? So if we know that, then, then here, here's what it becomes. If uncertainty equals uneasiness, then it's prayer that equals peace. In Exodus 32, I'm actually going to skip to verse 7 and verse 8. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down, because your people whom you brought up out of Egypt have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away. So here, here's what I got from that. Is that any time we face any kind of extreme disaster or for example tornadoes uh viruses uh layoffs at, at work losing you know anytime we face anything like that it's an opportunity for a turning point right so it's an opportunity for us to decide are we going to turn to god or are we going to turn to social media are we going to turn to something else right in other words are we going to turn to the things that are uncertain or are we going to turn to the things or to the thing that is certain uh, i'll give you an example one time I was, I was watching a football game with a friend of mine. We were both fans of the same. So, so imagine like this. Imagine that me and Jamal are watching football together, which wouldn't happen because Jamal doesn't know anything about sports, right? Okay. <laughs> Shade, even online. Okay. Um, so, so, we're watching, so me and my friend, we were watching the game. We were both the fans of the same team. The problem was my friend had recorded the game from it had already happened. He recorded it so we could watch it. But he had accidentally found out who won the game. So he still watched it with me. So we're watching it. I don't know who's going to win, but he knows who's already won, right? So it's funny, I found myself, I wasn't even watching the game sometimes, I was watching him, because if my team started to win, but he wasn't celebrating, then I would realize he must know something, right? Or if we were starting to lose, but he isn't panicking, then I'd be like, oh, he knows something we don't know. So watch how this plays into our life, right? In the process of all that we're experiencing, if, if we will pay attention to the one who knows, right? If we will put our attention on God, his scriptures, and not watch media or social media, then we'll, we'll be able to find peace in that because we're not looking at those who don't know what's gonna happen. We're looking at he who does know what's gonna happen, right? I think that's important for us in this season is to not, not connect our attention to people or uh, media outlets that are uncertain, but attach our attention to the one who is certain. Um, one of the things that I really, again, as I was just kind of praying and processing this week, all that was going on, not even knowing that we would have to do this, just kind of asking God as a pastor, you know, how would you have me lead the church and what would be the direction for me and for my family? One of the things that I felt the Spirit of God tell me that I wanted to share with our family was the statement, remember what you already know, right? So, so, so let me help you with that. Um, the concept of understanding that even though I've been through some stuff, or even though, even though I'm going through something, I know that God has brought me through stuff before. So I'm remembering what I already know. Like for us, like we you know, we've, you could talk about the things we've been through together physically, you could talk about the things we've been through with our kids, obviously moving here and planning the church. And there was a lot of times where there was a lot of uncertainty in that. You know, are we going to be able to raise the money? Are we going to be able to find a place to meet? Is anybody even going to come to the church? Um, and so there's moments where, where we had uncertainty, but God was faithful. So in a new moment of uncertainty, we can look back to what we already know, which is God was faithful in those moments. Same thing with us, right? Whether it's selling a house or whether your family or whatever the concept is, you can look back to what you know. Same for you guys, right? There's been moments 
<clears throat> where there was uncertainty, but God was faithful. And so in a moment of uncertainty, what God is telling us is, hey, don't be focused on your moment, on what you're seeing or what you're experiencing, but put your focus on what you already know. If, if we don't do this, y'all, we're going to have uh, an opportunity and, and it will not be a good opportunity, but we'll, we'll find ourselves putting fear on people when we shouldn't. So, so let me explain what I mean by that. Many people at the church know that, you know, Veda, my daughter, got bit by a dog a little while ago. Um, and, and everybody's like, you know, she's fine. God's healed her. It's great. People are like, you know, is she going to have like a developed fear, you know, with dogs? And I'm like, I don't know. I have to wait and see, you know, that kind of thing. And so the other day we're at some friend's house and they bring their dog in. The dog's big, but the dog is super nice. And so the dog comes in. Casey Ray, my littlest, is playing with her. And Veda, you know, you can tell Veda's a little timid around the dog. But Casey Ray picks up a tennis ball and they start walking. The dog is walking with Casey Ray out of the room. And Veda goes, Casey Ray, be careful. If you're around the dog, it'll bite you. And, and that wasn't true, right? Like, like, could the dog bite her at some point? Probably, because it's a dog. But that's that, what she said wasn't true. And so I had to bring Casey Ray in. I had to bring Veda in. I said, hey, look, you can't just say something when it's uncertain to you because you never know what fear you're going to put in her, right? Like, like she's going to walk away going, oh, I can't play with dogs now. Dog, But that wasn't true. And in this season, if we're not careful, we'll start telling people things that we don't know. Like, well, you think the school is going to be closed for two more weeks? Yeah, probably. You don't know that. But, but you say it and it kind of puts a fear in people and you don't take it to heart, but they walk away and they take it to heart, right? And so it's important for us in this season of uncertainty to be like, here's what I know. I remember what I know, which is what the scriptures say. And that's certain about God. Think about how this plays with the Israelites. All right, watch this. The Israelites are at the bottom of Mount Sinai. God has delivered them from freedom. He's led them by pillars, right? He's led them by clouds. He's, he's, you know, he's provided manna from heaven. Like God has done all of these incredible things for them leading up to this moment in Mount Sinai. All they have to do is instead of panicking or freaking out, remember how faithful God's been before, right? But because they're not thinking about that, they instantly go into freak out zone when Moses doesn't come down as quick as they think he should. When if they would have just stopped for a second and said, but look, look what God's done for us up to this point. Look at all that God's done. Like, surely we can just wait a few more seconds. Surely we can wait this thing out, right? If they would have remembered what they already know. And I think that's important for our church. If, if there was a word for us personally, because the Bible says to encourage ourselves in the Lord. So if there's something you're going to do to encourage yourself in this season, I think one of those things is to be able to remember what you already know. To remember all that God's already done for you. What has God done for your family? What has God done for your career? What has God done for your finances? How many things has God brought you through? How many things has God helped you through? How many things have you survived because of the goodness of God? And if we remember what we know, I think that's important. If we can remember what God has already done in our life, it helps us in this season to find peace, right? Because here's ultimately what we need uh, at the end of the day, here's what we need. Number one, we need peace for ourselves, right? There's uncertainty going on. We want to be men and women of God. We want to be great moms and dads. We want to be great children, great siblings. What we need is peace. And we find that in our relationship with God. We find that in our time in scripture. We go and ask God, hey, I know that's uncertain, but I know that you are certain. And so I need that to give me peace. 
And that's where I find my hope, right? So that's, that's what has God done for me? What has God been faithful in my life? Where has God held to his word? That's how I give myself peace, right? That's how I encourage myself in the Lord. That's how I give myself certainty and uncertainty. And then it's important now to be that light to those around us whether it's people at our job or whether it's people at our school or whatever the concept is. So we're able to find certainty in the midst of uncertainty. And then we're able to be salt. We're able to be light. We're able to be a city on a hill. We're able to be what God has called us to other people because we're not building assumptions off of uncertainty, but we're taking them again, that statement, turn off social media, open the Bible, right? I mean, I, I just think that's powerful. Like, again, finish whatever show you're watching on Netflix, right? I mean, you know, do you. But, but in the process, when you're laying down at bed at night, don't let an update from the news app be the last thing you go to sleep on, right? right? Instead, go to sleep on a word from the Lord. Yeah. Wake up with a word from the Lord. Listen to worship music. Have your coffee. Read the Bible. Be encouraged in the certainty and in the word of God in this time, in this season. That's what we need is encouragement in the Lord and encouragement in his word. Amen? And so, again, hopefully that's been that's been the word I really felt God put on my heart, um, that when the panic is greater than the pandemic, the concern is not so much the pandemic, but how do we address the panic? And that's in being able to move aside what's uncertain. Right. And instead of uh, finding uneasiness that leads to fear, that leads to foolishness, instead looking to Scripture and finding what's certain and building that confidence and that hope on the word of God and the experience of God. I, I was thinking about it like this, a couple of biblical examples of this. When Moses got ready to split the Red Sea, he has the staff that he lifts up. And theologians say that in that time, what, what they would do is they would carve in those staffs the victories that God had given them. So when he's looking at this massive sea that he wants to open, he lifts up this staff. And on the staff is the list of times that God has, has delivered him from things, right? So as we're facing coronavirus, it's like, let me lift up my staff and remember all the things that God has done for me. God protected Veda. God protected Darla. God built this church. Like God did all these things. And instead of looking at this virus through, an, through eyes of uncertainty and fear, I'm looking through it through the confidence of what God's done in my life, right? Yeah. Right. There's another time where the disciples are on the boat and uh, and, and, and the storm's coming and Jesus is sleeping and the disciples go down. They wake him up. Are you going to let us die? And Jesus is like, ye little faith. Like, remember what I've already done. Like, remember how like we've gone through a lot of miracles up to this point. Why are you freaking out about a tornado or, or by, you know, by a storm? We got this right. There's another time when Jesus feeds the 5000 with the sack lunch. And then I think it's a couple chapters later, the disciples are like, how are we going to eat? Jesus is like, did you miss it? Like, I, I just provided for you a couple chapters ago. Have faith in me now. All the times that God has delivered us, all the times that God has provided for us, all the times, and watch this, and y'all know this about our church, we say it all the time, you'll see the blessing when you look backwards, yeah. right? So just take a second. If you're sitting there going, I don't really have a time where God's came through, look back for a second and go, oh, wow, I, went, I may have lost that job, but I got a better job, right? That I may have lost that relationship, but I got a better relationship, you know what I mean? And you get to see where God was for you, and you start standing, God was for me here, God was for me there. That's a word that I'm really getting in my spirit for this year and for next year, is that God is for me. Yeah. And if that's my attention, if, that, if that's where I'm putting my focus, that God is for me, God is for my family, God is for my health, God is for my finances, then I'm not looking at it through all of the panic of the world. I'm looking at it through the fact that according to scripture, God is for me yeah. and I face it differently. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so 
what I want to do is I, I want to I want to pray a prayer. It's a really cool thing of how this how God kind of wraps this up, and I want to pray a prayer over us and over our church. Um, just moving forward, as, as you know, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen this week. We don't know if schools will continue to be canceled or whatever. And it's going to be one of those moments, I think, where if if we're not already secure in where we are, if we're not already praying certain prayers over our family and over our current life, that uncertainty could really uh, lead us into fear that then could lead us into more foolishness. Right. And so I want to look at it together. It's in Numbers chapter six. So if you got your Bibles. Go ahead and jump over there again. you got a minute to look it up on your phone. And you're going to see, I'm, I'm going to read through it and kind of explain a little bit. And then we're going to pray it over ourselves and just uh, pray it over our church. It's so incredible. You're going to find the main characters that we're talking about. So you got God, you got Moses, you got Aaron, and you got the Israelites. So Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 through 27 is what we're going to read. And there's a little subtitle of it that says the, the priestly blessing. And so verse 22 says, The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, so God talks to Moses, tells Moses, hey, talk to Aaron and, and his sons. And this is how, here's what he tells them. This is how you are to bless the Israelites. In other words, this is how you are to bless the children of God, us. This is how. Get ready. The Lord bless you and keep you. So the Lord bless you in, in, your, in where you are. Let the Lord have blessing upon you and let him keep you. So not just necessarily remove you from where you are, but to keep you in that place and, and allow you to stand in it and allow you to be victorious in it, right? So the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. So let me see the face of God and all that's going on. Let me see the confidence and the love of God and let, let his grace be upon me. See, sometimes people, people will start to think that this is God's punishment for our sins. And, and the whole gospel is driven by grace right? So it's the grace of God that leads us to repentance, right? And so again, be gracious to us. And then the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And I like this part. So they will put the name, so his name, God's name, my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. What a prayer. So this is how we would pray it over ourselves. It'd be Lord bless us. Bless us Lord in this time, in the middle of all this uncertainty, bless us and keep us, right? Make your face shine on us. That's incredible to me. That's about intimacy and relationship. Like, I don't mean to just read your rules. Let your face shine on me and then be gracious to me. Let your grace just overflow. Me. And then turn, turn your face toward me. Like, let, 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 again, enter into relationship and give me peace. And then your name will be on me and you will bless me. It's incredible. It's, it's just such, in, in a time, again, where the temptation is to take uncertainty to uneasiness to fear, to foolishness. The thing that we need to be doing is we need to be praying God's blessing over ourselves, mm -hmm. over each other, over our family, over our children, their children. We need to be praying those blessings over our lives in this season. And then people will see that and that will impact them. So I'd love it, just take a second. And I'm gonna pray for, for us, I'm gonna pray for our country. Um, and then I'm gonna pray specifically the prayer of blessing over us. So Father, we thank you. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your word that's so alive and moving today. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to gather today online and to be able to hear your word and open up your scriptures and be encouraged that we find our peace in you. And that right now we're uncertain about a lot of things and it's okay to be uneasy, but we can't stay in that uneasiness. Because if we do, it'll turn to fear, which will lead us to foolishness. 
But for every person who's feeling that uneasiness, Lord, for us to run to your word, for us to pray your blessing over us. Lord, we lift up right now our president, our government officials, Lord, they're having to make so many decisions. And we, we pray that they don't make the uh, popular decision, but that they would pray the, they would make the right decision. Lord, we pray for our country. We pray for our city. We pray for our county, our community. Lord, we pray for every person that's been impacted by the virus, that they would find healing, Lord. We pray for those that are working through it, every nurse, every doctor. God, that they don't get to take the time off. We pray you'd protect them, watch over them, that you'd give them discernment, wisdom, that you would operate through them. We pray for every parent who's watching as their kids stay home and trying to figure out what to be able to do about that, that you would give them wisdom, that you would give them direction. And for every person that hasn't experienced it, you would put your hand of protection on them right now. Lord, for every person that finds themselves in a place of uncertainty, that God, you would give their mind ease. And Lord, according to your scripture, they would run to you and find safety in you, that you would be our strong tower. Lord, we'd run to your word, we'd run to your presence, and that's where we can find that peace, in that time of presence, in that time of prayer. And Lord, as our church goes, we want to pray a specific prayer over us. Lord, the prayer that you give us in in number six. Lord, I pray it over myself and over my family and over our church family, that Lord, you would bless us, and that, Lord, you would keep us. That you would make your face shine on us. And that you'd be gracious to us. That you would turn your face toward us. And you'd give us peace. And that you would put your name on us. And you would bless us. Father, we are privileged to be in your presence. We're thankful for your word. And we find peace in your scriptures. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, before we go real quick, again, enjoyed being with you. I want to just say something, and that is thank you to every one of you that called Victory Church your home. God is doing so much through our church. We had four people saved last Sunday. Three more people graduate growth track, and we're watching as God just continues to grow our church. And Darla and I love every second of it. We believe we have some great Sundays ahead. And so for those of you that serve every week and give up your time, tear down, set up, serving in different ministries, for those of you that give faithfully, thank you so much for all that you do. We're so excited about the family God's building, the impact of the circles that's happening, and the change that we're able to be in our community. God is going to continue to do something through us because we're here on purpose, because we have a purpose. Love you. Have a great week.